Hi, I'm Georgia, and welcome to Faith and Friends. I'm so glad that you decided to join me in my conversation today. Together, we're going to laugh, maybe cry, and use this time to grow stronger in our faith while hanging out with some really awesome humans. My prayer is that these conversations spark a deepening of your faith, and your soul truly feels refreshed. Hello, beautiful humans. I'm so excited for today's episode of Faith and Friends. Today, we're going to tackle a hard subject because I truly think as just a young person and in this generation of truth, we need to tackle these hard subjects. Just because they're hard conversations doesn't mean that they don't need to be had. So, my sweet sister in Christ that we met through church, Jessica DeYoung, is here to share her story about abortion. So, if this is a topic that you're like, "Mm, Georgia, it's not time for me to listen to that, or, you know, it's just a little too much, I totally get that. So, let's save this episode for you for another time. You can click off. We have lots of other fun episodes. But... For all you other friends that are ready to tackle this conversation and just to listen to our friend's story, keep listening. It's going to be incredible. Lots of healing and redemption within her beautiful story. So thank you guys for listening, and I'm super pumped for today's episode. Hi, Jessica. Hi. Oh, thanks for being here. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here. Me Mm. too. I've been looking forward to this for months. Me too. We have been talking about it for like actual months. (laughs) We have. I'm just like, is it time yet? (laughs) Is it here? (laughs) I know. And then like, here's the thing. We met and all I knew was you were just this beautiful, joyful soul. Like, I did not know your story. And I think that's crazy because you can meet someone, you can see their joy, you can tell that they know the Lord. But you don't know what they've had to go through to get here. Yeah. Like, that blew my mind because I heard, like, about what you did and your Bible study and all the things through a friend my age. And I was like, you know Jessica? <laughs> the Jessica DeYoung? <laughs> uh, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's a small world, but it's big in God because he's <sighs> so good. He's so good. He's so good. So good. Well, today we're here to talk about abortion, and that is a hard word to, for me to even let roll off my tongue, That's like if I'm being honest with you. Yeah. But we're going to tackle it, and I thank you for being the vessel that the Lord's going to use to just talk to us about this. So, <laughs> sweet Jessica, I honestly haven't like heard your story, so I have a tissue in my hand. I, yes, I, we are prepared. Yes, we are prepared. <laughs> And all you friends listening, grab a tissue and... Okay. All right. So um, I'll start at like the very beginning because there it needs to be some, some background information. So um, I grew up in church. I was, I, I was a... Became a Christian at age five. I actually mm. was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin lymphoma oh. at five years old and went through chemotherapy. And it was just... It was... It was not fun. No. <laughs> it's not good. Um, but I asked the Lord in my heart, and like just ever since then, it was just like the sweet connection that I had with Him. Well, a few years later, my parents got divorced, mm. and it just rocked the boat a lot in yeah. in relationships with my parents and home life. And I had to grow up a lot, and so I didn't get to like have a typical teenage experience because I felt like as the oldest child, I have a sister who's four years younger, that I just had to be that, that stability in, in the family. And, um, so I didn't get to be 
little 13 year old kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there was, there was times, but it was, I just felt like that was my responsibility. So in high school, my mom gets remarried to this terrible, terrible man, mm-hmm. um, who was very abusive and it was just, it was not a good situation. And I remember crying out to the Lord, Lord, take this man away from us. Like, you know what he's doing, take him away. And it was, it was a very dark four years all through high school, which high school's Hard in and of itself. So I had like divorce in middle school, which that was like the worst two years of my life up until then. (laughs) And then this uh, awfulness in high school. And I kind of just started to lose myself. And I remember I I felt like as if I had a mask on and I was um, like this happy, everyone, like I didn't have problems. Everyone came to me to, uh, you know, say what they needed to say. And I would be like, oh yes, here's how you fix your body. I was like, counselor in high yeah. school. Here's the steps. One, two, and three. This is what you do, even though my life is a mess, and but nobody knows that. Because when people would come over, he, it, it looked perfect. Perfect family. It looked perfect. Mm-hmm. And then the door would shut, and it was not. Mm-hmm. In my senior year of high school, I started to dabble in drinking, and I would... Um, At first, it was just drinking a little bit of my um, stepdad's stash, and then it was taking it to school, Mm -hmm. and then it was taking a little bit of my mom's um, prescription medicine, and I remember there was one day in uh, summer school that I don't remember the entire day. Mm -hmm. I had taken too many things. I remember getting on the bus, and I remember getting off the bus, and it was at that point I was like, this is not okay. This is obviously not how we're going to fix anything, but I was so mad at God. I didn't know what else. I didn't know what else to do. I didn't want to talk to him because he already knew. Yeah. (laughs) He already knew what was going on and why I was mad at him. So I just wasn't going to talk to him. And, um, then I went to college and I was like, I'm free. I'm a queen. I can do whatever I want. My mom is not here. It was awesome until it wasn't because that was, you know, there are people legal drinking age. Yeah. Or they have siblings that are. And so alcohol was all the all around. Oh, yeah. And I made friends with um, the football team, which... <laughs> football They're players, the football team. They're the football team. And so um, they would have lots of parties. Them and the frat boys. Like, that, those were the people I hung out with because that's who... Yeah. They were fun. And I needed, like, I needed fun. So I, I just, it was just the wrong crowd for me. And I wasn't in church and I wasn't around people who could ground me. In the faith. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Not in discipline, but same. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, there was just one night that I was having sex and I got pregnant mm. and I had no idea what to do. Because mm. after I'd had sex one time, I was like, well. I already did that. Well, I already did it. So what does it matter if I'm going to do it again? It does matter. Because mm-hmm. it all it takes is one time. I, at this point, I, my mom and I were living together. We had officially moved out of the abuser's house, and we were living together. And but I was kind of taking care of her because she was still mm-hmm. she was still ick. Yeah. Um, but when I found out I was pregnant, the like my very first thought was, "This is going to ruin my family. Mm. What I have done is going to ruin my family. I am like." The angel child, as they would say, because I was always like doing doing everything right, and I made all the awesome grades, and I was in all of the extracurriculars, and I was just happy and had all these friends, and from the outside it looked amazing. Yeah. But I was like broken inside, and I needed help, but I didn't have anyone to talk to. Yeah. Um, but because I was such a stability in my family, 
I knew that this was just going to break it. Like that was, that was my thought was this is going to break my family. And mm-hmm. I, and I talked to the the guy that, um, that there was the father and he was like, I've got a really bright future. I can't mm. have a child now. And, and we're both like, we're right. We can't do this. And so I had an abortion and he, you know, he took me and it was, it was the most surreal thing. I, I felt just numb inside. Like if you, if you've ever feel nervous and like the insides kind of tingle and, and vibrate, that's mm-hmm. what it felt like for weeks because mm. it was just like, I knew that it wasn't right, but I didn't know what was right. I mm. didn't know. Yeah. I just felt like this was the answer. This was going to not break my family yeah. even more than it already was. And so I thought I was doing the right thing. And it took, it took several, several weeks, weeks and weeks of healing, um, physically mm-hmm. before I could even think about talking to people. And, um, I met my husband several, uh, several months after, and mm. it was, it's such a God thing. That's like a whole nother story, but <laughs> such a God thing how yes. we met and like just how it went, went went to be to now Um, we just celebrated 13 years of marriage oh praise god (laughs) what a gift i know and then four kids like oh oh we love them god is so good he's so good (laughs) he's so good man i'm just i'm so thankful and i you've been through so much that i didn't even know about that when you were five years old yeah and so satan has just been trying and trying but he's Mm -hmm. not he's not gonna get you down Nope. And and it's one hurdle after an, after another. Yeah. And so after you were physically healed, mm-hmm. when did like did you tell your mama? Like when did you get back into church? How was all that? Yeah. So I Jeremy was the first. My husband. He was the first person that I ever told. Really. Um, wow. Because I I felt safe with him, even though I had just met him, and like mm-hmm. now I know because God had put us together. <laughs> um, but. I've just felt safe with him. And, um, he said the cheesiest thing, but it was exactly what I needed to hear. But he said, you're still a virgin in my eyes. And it Mm. was those words that showed me like God's grace for me that like, even though I've made mistakes that he's still forgiving and he still loves me and I'm not dirty and I'm not Mm -mm. shameful. And, um, but even though I told Jeremy, I still like, wasn't okay with it inside of me. And I would, I would cry out to the Lord and ask for forgiveness over and over and over and over and over because I felt such shame and I felt mm-hmm. dirty. And anytime yeah. I would see or hear the word abortion, I just knew that they were talking directly mm. to me and they were calling me out. And it was just, it was so, it was such a difficult season. And I know there's so many women out there that are in that season right now. Yeah. But I remember laying on my bed, just crying out to the Lord again, asking for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And I felt like he said, daughter, I don't know what you're talking about. Cause mm. you know, when God forgives us, he pushes it as far as the East is from the West. It wasn't him reminding me of my sin. It was the enemy trying to keep me in that darkness. Mm. And it was at that point that I realized that I have to put Christ's light into the situation. Like yeah. it, the the enemy's darkness that has to flee, like it has to go and I have to illuminate this situation. And that is when I realized I have to share my story. And when we put Christ's light, darkness can't stay there. And that's Mm -hmm. why the enemy continues to shame you because he's like, nobody's going to understand you. Nobody's going to care about your situation. What you did was you murdered someone. That that's a big word too, to even say for myself that I have murdered a child. Mm. that's, that's what it is. 
But to come to that realization and to know that God loves me. Yeah. He wants me healed and mm-hmm. he wants my story shared. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to do this. And so I started like getting back into his word and just like truly understanding who he was again and who I was again. Cause I still, I felt so lost. Yeah. And, um, I remember the first time that I shared my story with strangers, it mm-hmm. seems like, um, it was at a business meet, like dinner with mm-hmm. my husband and his clients. Oh. And I'm like, Lord, Lord, um, that now you, we're at the restaurant right and now. now is the time that you want to have this conversation. <laughs> you said, I'm trying to just eat my food. I'm like, Oh, so, but, but, and I was, I mean, I was physically shaking. I was having to sit on my hands cause I was like so nervous that this was about to come out. Oh no. And there was no like prompting, no prompting. It was like from the Holy spirit. Right. Which like, we got to listen to that. <laughs> so I shared and then they were able to share a little bit about their backstory. And so it, of course, worked out perfectly. And I was like, okay, but I didn't feel like, I was like, but what was that for? Like, Mm. was it just to like, get it, get it out for the first time? Well, a year later, um, this mom calls me the, this woman calls me back and she has a daughter herself. And she says, Jessica, my daughter just found out she's pregnant Mm. and she is, uh, contemplating having an abortion. Can we come over and talk? And I was like, yes, get here. Like, when can you be here? So they came over for lunch and we talked and I told her everything, every detail, everything about like everything. Mm -hmm. Cause I wanted her to know and be fully informed of her decision before she would make it. And we prayed and she went on her way. Well, the next day she calls and and they said, we've decided to keep the baby. And I was elated that that one little inconvenient bit of obedience, that feeling that I had in the restaurant to some business clients was able to help this, but even more over (laughs) because God is so good and he's so mighty and his ways are so much bigger than ours. Yeah. This baby was born on my birthday. Oh, so for the last seven years, I've been able to celebrate my birthday with this child's birthday Mm. because his mom kept him. (laughs) And I'm like, God, you are so good. You are so faithful Mm -hmm. in that when we put the light into that dark situation that you are going to be faithful and use it for good for your glory. And it's, it's times like that when, because I've had that and not everyone, not everyone has that. And and I, and I want to make sure that the people listening know that even if you go through a healing, you don't have to share on a platform your story. But I think that is imperative to share your story with someone that you trust Mm -hmm. to start to illuminate that darkness so that that the enemy doesn't have a foothold anymore. You've got to put that light in there. And it is so, it's so powerful and it's so amazing what God can do if we allow him and if we be obedient in those small little uncomfortable times. Yeah, my goodness. I think it's so beautiful that you're bringing this up because that's something I've been thinking about a lot is the miracles right in front of us that we can miss every day because our hearts are hardened. It happened to the disciples. The disciples missed 
the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 and that there was 12 baskets left over. Right. And the fact that Jesus walked on water because their hearts were hardened. Yeah. It went right over their heads. Mm-hmm. And so, man, we have to have a soft heart towards the Father yeah. so he can say, look, I'm right here with you mm-hmm. in the thick of this. So you share a birthday with that sweet, sweet, sweet yes. soul. Oh. And then what happened? So I kept feeling like the Lord wanted me to lead a college small group. And I'm like, dude, college. I am old. I've got kids. Like, I don't, I can't relate to these girls. What are you? So for about a year, I was disobedient and I was like, I don't, I think you got the wrong chick. You got the wrong girl for <laughs> I the don't job. Know. Like what? So after a year of disobedience, I was like, fine you win I you'll do something so I did it I stepped out on leap of faith and I'm like all right God you got this go and um we had a big group but you know with college girls like there it's sometimes there's three sometimes there's eight like right I mean we've all got lives it's so this one day it was just three girls and I was little like in my flesh perturbed because I'm like they know when we have group and they should be here. But it was totally God because it needed to be just those three. Because mm-hmm. in that time, the Lord was like, I want you to share a story. And I'm like, dude, this is going to scare them. Like, they're this never going to come they're back. They're never going to come back. I'm going to be fired from my free small group leader position. Like it was, I was so scared. And But then I'm like, Lord, okay. You know what you're doing. So I started to share. And I, I, I remember I was facing away from them. They were sitting to my right. And um, and I would like look at them a little bit, but I didn't want to make eye contact because I didn't want it to be scary. Yeah. But I could see movement on my right. And so I'm like, ooh, they're about to leave. They're about to run out. They're about to... I've, I've, I've scarred them for life. Like I probably should have asked their parents first. Like I was terrified, honestly, of repercussions. And so, um, after I get done, I finally like look over and I see one of the girls just weeping and I'm like, yep, I broke her. I broke her. So we go over and we're we're hugging her. We're like, it's okay. Like what's going on? What are you thinking? And she says, I had an abortion three weeks ago and I've never told anyone Mm-hmm. I went by myself and I was like, oh, had I not been obedient in leading the small group, had there been eight people there instead of the three, she wouldn't have shared. Had I not been obedient in sharing my story at that time, she wouldn't have known that a cheerful, happy, go lucky queen, me, <laughs> has such a dark you know, a dark secret too, just like hers. And that I was able, she was able to share that in a safe environment, in a trusting environment and begin her healing process. And that's really, that's where all of my healing a lot came from is staying in the word, staying so close to God and being obedient in sharing my story whenever he said it, even when it's uncomfortable. And you could see like, it takes me some time to work up to it sometimes because I'm like, Lord, I don't know what you're doing, but it's just scaring me. Um, but I am obedient and that's, that's the big thing. And I know, I know that he's going to do a work and not always though. Do I see a seed immediately? Those two times were the first two. And I feel like the Lord was like, I want you to see what I'm doing right now Mm -hmm. because 
I'm not always going to show you that. And so when I have shared in um, times after, I don't always see a seed, but I know because of what he's already done, that there is going to be something. And that's, that's the thing is when we go through our lives, we're planting seeds. Not always will we see a harvest. Not always will we see a sprout, but we are to be obedient in the seeds that we plant and just spread them around. Yeah. We're supposed to be farmers. Yes. I love that. Yes. Wow. That's so beautiful. And even like, you'll, you'll never regret a moment being obedient. No. Like you'll never look back and say, man, I'm so sad that I did that. Mm-hmm. You'll rejoice because you're saying, God, I saw you right there in that moment. Yes. And not one time, I want to say this, not one time that when I have been obedient and sharing, have I felt shamed mm. or uh, felt bad for sharing it. Yeah. Now I can be nervous as I'll get out. That's totally different. But not one time has someone given me a, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. Every single time, it's thank you so much for sharing. I really needed to hear that. Yeah. I don't know what that what that's supposed to do, and I don't always know why I'm supposed to, but right. it takes that because we think, and that's one of the things that the enemy, when you have such a dark seeker, no matter what it is, whether it's a divorce or an addiction or abuse or anger or abortion, any of those, anxiety, the enemy wants to keep you in that darkness. Be like, you're the only one that has this. Nobody's going to care. Yeah. People are going to shame you. If you tell anyone that you have this, you're going to lose all your credibility. No one's going to like you anymore. That is all from the enemy. Our and God doesn't talk like that. He does not. And that's the thing. That's why you have to be in his word and know him. Yes. Because if you don't, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, you're so right. Yes. Like, and that's the thing. Like, If you had asked me a few years ago where my view was on abortion... I would have gone with, you know, everybody else and been like, well, pro-choice, like, it is up to us. No, it is not. It is not up to us. And the more that I've gotten to know the Lord and just sit with him in the cool of the day, every day, I know him and I know where he stands on these things. And my God creates life. Yes. And and that's another reason why Satan hates women Mm. is because Satan knows that women birth life. Yes. And so he's trying to get to us because he doesn't want more of God's children roaming this earth. Right. And so I pray that is also encouraging to us to know, yeah, there is a fight and a target on our back, but like we have a God who sent his son Jesus to literally be our shield. Yeah. Ah! Ooh, that gets yes, me so fired up. Uh, yes. Man. So you shared your secret and you surrendered it to the Father. Mm-hmm. When did... You know, you feel the Lord start stirring. I need to start a group. Well, I heard someone share about their story um, at an event at church. And I went and talked to her and learned like, hey, that sounds amazing. I want to go do that so that I could know yeah. how to lead other women through a healing. Because my, I feel like my healing process was unconventional and it was very much self-led mm-hmm. instead of someone else pouring in. And I, now going through it all, like I I know that it is so important to be poured into during that season because a season of healing, because that the enemy will, can bring you right back there. Even though you're like, yes, I'm ready to heal. I'm ready to put the light in the darkness. And Satan's like, no, you're not, you're not strong enough for this. And it's again, another lie, but it's so easily able to go back there because when you start going back into your past to pull it up, to figure, to, to get through that healing, which is what we have to do. We have to go back to move forward. That's hard. It's so hard. But going there can be a trigger for where you were back then. 
even though you're not there now. And so it's so important to go through it with other people. And I knew that even after my own healing uh, journey. And so I joined a group at Portico, which is a local pregnancy support center here. And um, we went through a, a group called Surrendering the Secret. And it's a nine-week course. And Pat Layton has just set it out perfectly. And it goes you know, you have to go back and she incorporates scripture in it and, you know, makes you think about these hard things and gives you statistics and, and has you, there's so, it's so much goodness. And so after I'd gone through it, I realized like this needs, like I need to teach this and I need to help others Mm -hmm. to, to have this healing and just see the transformation because it truly is transformational when these women walk in on day one, so burdened with this heavy secret but to know that when they're in that group, every single person in that room has the same secret. Every single one of them. So they're, they're not alone. They're mm-hmm. with others. And so through the, the nine weeks of study, we're able to pray with each other, encourage each other, uh, champion each other as they're going through this healing. And it's so beautiful. So beautiful. So I lead one at the beginning of the year and at the end of the year, about twice a year. So I've got another one going to be starting, I think, in January. Um, and it's just, it's so powerful. And the, honestly, the reason that I only do two a year is because it is so powerful yeah. that I need, I personally need to be poured into and continue to pray for these for the next one. Because, yes, it's only nine weeks, but it's, it's, it's nine a weeks. lot. Yeah. It's a lot. And it is... Oh, it is just transformational. It really is to see these women at the end that when they came in at first, they were embarrassed. They were ashamed. They were, um, they didn't want to tell anybody like to get someone to sign up for this class is huge because they actually have to make a public statement that I have had an abortion and I need healing. I mean, that's that's huge, huge. huge. That's like a little glimmer of putting that light in there. Like I've told a little bit, I've put a little bit and that's, it's so beautiful. So they come in that way and they leave wanting to share their story, wanting to scream it from the rooftops about all that God has done for them. And that, oh, it makes my heart so happy to know that God is still in the healing business. He is still yeah. in the working business that he is uh, redeeming those pasts. And to see these women, oh, Georgia. Hmm. It's amazing. Like, yeah. I literally will never forget. I was walking through campus and I ran into one of my friends. Mm-hmm. And she was so joyful. I've never seen her so alive alive like truly thriving and I was like hey girl like how you doing and she was like I'm just so good like I was in this class and yeah so this is my story literally in the middle of a college campus and she was like Georgia I I had an abortion literally last year and it Mm. happened while I was here at school because I went through this horrible season and yada 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 and I was just I literally was floored I was like, you're going to talk about this right here, right now. Mm-hmm. And and in the back of my mind, I'm like, of course she's going to talk course. about it right here, right now. What yes. better time yes. than right now? And she said, I said, well, well, who does this group? Jessica. Jessica DeYoung. She's the one. Like, she went through this. And I said, real? I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. And And to know that my sister that I've been walking alongside in life was going through this and I had no idea. Number one, that hurt my heart because I should have, I should have been there to love her more 
fierce, you know? But now I I see her confidence and I'm like, oh my stars, Jesus, like you're just so good. And so with these groups, you see women of all ages, don't you? Yes. The, the youngest I think was the 21 and the oldest has been 65. Oh my goodness. Yes. And this is over, you know, 30 years plus of hiding, holding on to the secret. I can't imagine. Um, the, the, the statistics are staggering. It's one in three women mm. have had an abortion. Mm. So when you look at your college campus, when you look in the classroom, when you look in a grocery store, at a church sanctuary, one in three women have had an abortion. That's a lot. It's like close to 70 or more percent of Christians mm. have had an abortion. Why aren't we talking about it, Jessica? Because it's a big word and it's scary. Yeah, it is scary. It's scary and people don't want to talk about scary things. No, and it's not the easy thing to do. And like, if I'm being honest, I didn't want to talk about this. Like, it's hard. But we need to talk about it. We need to. Even though it's hard because one in three women out there are hurting. They're hurting. And that hurts my heart to know that I have a sister out there that is literally like in her closet just holding her knees to her chest saying, like, God, forgive me. And she can't hear him because the enemy's so loud. Yes. And, oh, my mm. goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And so, the other night, I watched Unplanned. Yes. It's on Amazon mm. Prime, and, hey, it's free. Mm. So, I sh- I mean, I had no other reason to watch it except for the enemy was like, you don't need to watch that mm-hmm. right now. It's also very heavy and real, and I didn't know yes. if I was ready. Um. I'm very proud of you for watching because, yes, it is. Thank you. It's very heavy and it's very real. Mm-hmm. It's very real. When you watched it, because, you know, you've, you've been through mm-hmm. all this, was it accurate? Was it pretty spot on? 100%. I, some of the same wording that they used in the movie was the same garbage that was mm. given to me when I was at the clinic. The same wording and the same hurting of women of we go to this room first and we go to this room and then after this you recover in this room with all these drugged up women like it's exactly as the movie shows Mm -hmm. they did not embellish one thing and that's heartbreaking yeah I'm so thankful that they were bold enough to put that movie out there and then Amazon made it free so that we can watch it. So I encourage you, if you are in a spot where you can watch this, whether alone Mm -hmm. or with someone else, preferably with someone else. Yeah. I watched it with someone else. Cause you'll, you'll have questions. And even, even me, I went with, I went with my mom and my, my, my uh, husband. And afterward I was like, Oh, I felt exposed. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, they know my story and they know things, but because it was so like my story, it was so real, I felt exposed and I was like a little bit embarrassed and I didn't want to cry and it was it was crazy. But then afterward, they were like, I had no idea. So they were able to mm. relate more to me, even though they already knew my story for years, yeah. because they could see like, whoa. That's what that's, you went through. That's exactly what I went through. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think what... Obviously, the hardest part of that movie was was seeing it happen. Um, mm. And I won't go into too much detail, but that's something you don't you don't talk about. You don't you know. You also they, can't unsee it. No, you can't unsee it, which is good. We yeah. we don't need to be able to shut that off no. because 
We have to bring that into the light. Yeah. Like, that's why your story is important. The Lord wants to use it. And of course, Satan's going to try to shut you up because mm-hmm. he knows the power and the authority yes. that your words have the power of life and death. Yes. So if you speak into that darkness, mm-hmm. bye-bye. He doesn't want these warrior children to be birthed. The yeah. enemy doesn't. He wants them to, oh, he's going to work for God's kingdom. <laughs> no. Yeah. He's going to shame his children into, into getting rid of them. Do my dirty work for me. Yeah. It's awful. It is. And I'm so thankful for that resource. Is there anything else like, like, okay, so imagine me, me and younger, like, are there any, cause that's a really good film. I honestly, I haven't, I personally did not reach out to look for resources because I, I, again, I didn't want to feel exposed. I think that's a really good mm, word because even just watching that, I felt like, oh, well, this, this surely is not going to be like what I went through. So I'll be, I'll be okay to watch it, but I was exposed. And I think that a lot of times because people don't know how to talk about abortion or the right words to say, I have felt shamed in very comfortable situations because people say the wrong words and I've been healed and, you know, in the light for plenty, plenty of years, but I still feel that just because the enemy's like, he's still there. He's still there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I haven't made it a point to look out until, you know, with the surrendering the secret and then with the unplanned. And so I have read some books and I can't think of what they are now, but, um, Talk to someone that has gone through that and that knows, like, Portico is an excellent, excellent, yeah. excellent resource for those that are local yeah. to talk to. Um, they have so many, so many things. And counseling, like, you can get counseling. You can get free um, ultrasounds. And yeah. they do a Surrendering the Secret study there. And it's just, it's an excellent place to go. It is. So if you're here in Murfreesboro, Portico is really, really wonderful. And I didn't know, but Portico, that's like an Italian word. I think Italian <laughs> meaning light mm. and like to illuminate. And it means like a porch. Yes. And I love that because that's your safe place. Yeah. And so I'm sure like, look out in your community. If this is something you're passionate about and you're like, okay, I haven't been through this Georgia. I haven't either. Like I haven't been through this, but I'm passionate about it. I'm a Christian. I wanted, what can I do? God, Go out into your community and see what you can do. It's going to be hard. But if you feel like that's something the Lord's tugging on your heart to do, what's stopping you? Is it worth it? Yeah. And so, yeah, I just, man, I'm just so thankful for your story and for the women that you're helping. And it's just so beautiful. And so (laughs) if you could talk to Jessica pre-abortion, what would you tell her? Wow. <laughs> that you are loved, mm-hmm. that your story matters, that you are seen, you are not alone. I want to leave your listeners with um, a prayer that I've actually, I write in my journal and I write it to myself mm-hmm. so that I can hear it. Um, and I would, I would encourage y'all to do the same. It's in Ephesians 3, starting at verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. I pray that he may grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power in the inner man through his Spirit, and the Messiah may dwell in your hearts through faith. 
I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what the length and width, height and depth of God's love, and to know the Messiah's love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we may ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be all glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Mm. Jessica, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. It's my pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I'd love to hear what your favorite part was. You can leave us a review here or send me a message on Instagram at I am Georgia Brown. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. More pep talks, words of wisdom, and fun conversations are headed your way soon.